Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa and Carl Banks taking you through Big Blue each and every week. And the Giants are on the road this Monday night. They take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And no great shock that Brady happens to be on the schedule um, after winning a Super Bowl and after the Giants had a chance to play him last year. And Carl, they played the Buccaneers tough last year, but kind of like this year, they found ways to not win games and if you remember that game last year Daniel Jones had a couple of fumbles in the third quarter that really turned the game around and the Bucs were able to beat the Giants how do they make it different this year well the thing is Bob everyone says well uh, Tom Brady never loses three games in a row and my answer to that is until he does Um, but the Giants will have to uh, take care of the football they're going to have to play um I don't say flawless, but they're going to have to be pretty mistake-free, protect the quarterback. There will be some opportunities against the Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers because uh, they're a high-volume blitz team, and they are blitzing with some of their key defensive backs out of the back out of the lineup. So they will have an opportunity to hit some plays, but it really comes down to accounting for the the numbers in the box. And uh, when Tampa Bay shows blitz, and they will blitz, it's sometimes just to create one-on-one matchups with their front four of Indomitian Sue, Vita Vey, Shaq Barrett, and JPP. So it's not just a matter of counting the extra rusher, but making sure if you're one-on-one with one of those guys that you've got to hold your block. If you can do that, the Giants will have a chance for big plays. Well, you know, Brady, the last time Brady lost three in a row, I think it was four in a row, right? 2002, which is, yeah. it's hilarious when you think about uh, our producer at the Giants, John Schmelk, he had a funny line. He's like, do you, do you realize that the last time Brady lost more than two games in a row, uh, Ed Reed was a rookie <laughs> and Ed Reed has played in the NFL and Ed Reed has already been inducted into the pro football hall of fame. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. It's um, yeah. Um, By the way, you know what I forgot about last year's game? Do you remember the no call on Dion Lewis on the two point conversion? Yes. That would have tied the game at 25 in the last seconds of the game. I forgot yeah. about that. I mean, listen, there were opportunities to be had. There were opportunities missed. Um, it's this is going to be a fun game if the Giants continue to build on or stack on their defensive performance. Uh, people said, yeah, I was asked yesterday, do the Giants continue with their bend but don't break philosophy? I'm like, no, um, it's a different it's a different schematic that they're defending. Uh, if you go bend but don't break against Brady, 
he will he will kill you death by a thousand paper cuts. He could be as patient as they come because he's that disciplined. I know Bruce Arians likes to take shots and they are a big play offense. But Tom Brady, he'll take the fives, he'll take the eights, he'll take the tens because the one thing that Brady has that separates him from 99% of the quarterbacks playing today, and he does it 100% better than any of them, is that he is a good red zone quarterback, he's a good midfield quarterback, and he's a good coming out quarterback. So he ha- he knows how to play the game in all three phases of the football field. When they're backed up, he knows how to run an offense. When they're at midfield, he knows how to run the offense and when he's in the red zone. So he'll take whatever you give him and just execute all the way down the field. What you have to do is number one, you're not going to fool him, but you're going to have to let, you're going to have to make him hesitate just for a second on his reads, but you've got to get pressure on Tom Brady. He's not immune uh, to pressure. As a matter of fact, that's when you have your most success against him, combining pressure and looks. But you got to be smart about it. Yeah, and as we saw in the Thursday night football game, you know, if you get pressure on a quarterback like the Patriots did against Matt Ryan, and especially pressure up the middle, because like the Devin McCourty interception on Thursday night was a direct function of Hightower getting pressure up the middle Matt Ryan had nowhere to step up and he kind of just heaved it downfield and McCourty gets a pretty easy interception. I mean, look, if you have edge rushers that can come around the edge and just completely whip the tackles, but the Giants don't really have that on a consistent basis. But if they can get collective pressure, like Washington did last week, um, look, every team in the NFL is beatable. There's nobody that's undefeated. Um, And you see these results every week, Carl. So there's no reason why the Giants can't go down there and play a good game and maybe even win the football game. Well, I, I, you know, as odd as it sounds, I think they can and will win this game. And it's uh, a bold prediction, and I could be totally wrong, uh, but I, I believe they can and will win this game because of what the pressure that they can put on Tampa's defense with, you know, two running backs in the game. Uh, Barkley being back and Booker being there, a good, um, I don't want to say supply, but a good wide receiver lineup uh, that will have uh, Kadarius Tony and Galladay in the lineup. So, and then you've got tight ends. So I think they've got enough weapons healthy and available to them. Andrew Thomas being back, which is going to only help this offensive line, even with Thomas back, if they still go to some of the uh, extra linemen uh, configurations, they've got receivers that can win one-on-one. So um, I think there's a great opportunity in front of the Giants if they come in with the right focus and the right discipline, knowing that it will be a 60-minute ball game against Tom Brady, but there is a path to victory. And I think the Giants have what it takes to win the game, just considering what they have available health-wise and what Tampa has available health-wise. I think there's a lot of 
Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of pressure on everybody, right? When you're playing against the defending Super Bowl champs in their building on prime time, um, you know, you're not going against chopped liver. So Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, he's got his hands full. Um, and then Jason Garrett on the other side of the ball coming up with an appropriate game plan to sort of attack this defense and be multiple in your attack. And, and one of the things I think everybody's anxious to see Carl is, you know, how they, how they figure out ways from their self scout or whatever it was during their time off to get Kadarius more production out of Kadarius Tony. I mean, he leads the team in receiving yards, but he's tied with David and Joko of Cleveland for the fewest yards to lead any team. Um, or he's second in Joko. It's it's some ridiculously low number. And I was thinking about uh the game on Monday night. Because if San Francisco loses the game on Monday night to the Rams, uh they their season is legitimately over. They had to win that football game, and they did. And they played very well in doing so. And some Giants fans have asked me, why is it that the, the Niners seem to fi have figured out ways to use Debo Samuel, and how come the Giants haven't figured out ways to use Kadarius Toney more to really have him more integrated into the program or into the game plan? Do you agree with that? I, yes, I don't know if I agree with it. It's a simple answer, Bob. Kadarius Tony hasn't been available. Like the more he's available, the more he's on the field, the more you see what he can do. But it's one game on, half a game, and then he's out of the lineup for a whole game. So he's a game and then one and a half games he's out. So it's availability. And when he's healthy, they can do more with him. But you're scripting plays for a guy who's hobbled um, sometimes. And then when he's healthy, you know, he gives you that one game. So he's just got to be healthy and on the field. And I believe you'll see more of what they can do with him in conjunction with the other wide receivers that are on the roster and healthy. But until he can be healthy, there's, you know, you can wish they can do more and you will see more once he's out there or the more he's out there. Well, and then the other thing I would say to that argument, Carl, too, is this, um, you know, it's also a function of some of the other weaknesses of this football team, most notably the offensive line at times just being extremely porous. Like, um, you know, they've run some jet sweeps with Tony. Only He's only got a couple of carries. But it feels like, you know, the other team is just nailing him when he does get it. I mean, yeah. they, they've, they've tossed it to him on end around. I mean, he, there's been three or four times. I think they have to be less predictable there, though. That That yeah. is part of what the issue was. It's like they might as well have went into the uh, defensive huddle and says, okay, when Tony goes in motion, we're going to hand him the ball here because the entire stadium knew a few times. But I mean, there's been there's been like three occasions this year where he got the ball with the intent to pass. And just got he, blown up. Yeah, I mean, he's one for two passing for he's one for two for passing for 19 yards. I think there was a third time it turned in. It wound up just turning into a run. But like there were a couple of times where and I give Tony a lot of credit. 
because normally when you give the wide receivers or the running back a chance to throw, they throw it regardless because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my chance to actually do. You know, yeah. he's 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 passed up on the deep ball the one time he did a little check down. One time he just ate it and took off and ran. So I give him a lot of credit in the fact that he he's thought like a quarterback when he has when he has these chances, he hasn't forced it. Yeah, he makes he makes good decisions uh, as a playmaker in every phase of, of that playmaking. So if he's called upon to pass the ball, it's not a gimmick play. It's a play that he feels that he can make. And if it's not there, he makes a good decision, a good decision and doesn't put the ball in harm's way. So uh, it's not just a novelty uh, to him. It's it's, you know, an actual assignment. Let's talk big picture here, Carl. Um, you know. It feels like this season has really dragged on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's you look at the Atlanta game and you sit there and you say to yourself, especially after watching Atlanta on Thursday night, and you sit there and you say, How in the hell did the Giants lose to the Falcons? Because remember, in that game, Ingram played, Galladay played, Tony played, Shepard played, Saquon played. And you're watching the Patriots be able to move the ball against that Atlanta defense. And you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, like, how in the world did the Giants only put up two touchdowns in that game? How did they lose that game? Well, guess what? The Patriots caught all the interceptions. The Giants dropped them. Exactly. Um, But they're three and six. Okay. The playoffs are probably not something that's in their future, but Let us not forget, there's still a traditional, based on a 16-game schedule, they've got a half a season left. Yeah. A full half season. I mean, uh, give me five five and three down to close the year out. Yeah. Six and two. Big picture, Bob, is Monday. That's the only picture that they should think about. Um. They've just got to start to stack wins, and then you could talk about a bigger picture. But the, the the picture that they should focus on is the one right in front of them on Monday. Get through that one with a victory. Find a way to win it, and then focus on the next. You stack about three or four games. Get yourself a three or four game win streak, and then you could talk big picture. Uh, but right now, that picture is Monday night, Tom Brady, Shaq Barrett, JPP, um, and the rest of that crew. Is there's just no other picture they should even think about um, in terms of what the future holds for them. All right, so that that's the that's the I'm Carl Banks. I played for Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, single minded. But like for our fans out there that are looking at it through the fans' lens, um, is it? I mean, is it unrealistic for this team? I mean, for fans to be saying, hey, you know what? Give me a good, strong winning record here in these final eight games. Let me, let me see you I, I guys think, perform. I think every fan should ask that question, should say exactly what you said. Let me see you guys perform. Prove to me that I should be back on this bandwagon and make me feel better about this team because I've been miserable the first half of the season I've trashed you. I've done everything, but I still have, I don't want to be miserable 
the next eight weeks of my life going into the new year. So give me something to <laughs> be something. excited about. <laughs> what did you yeah. do during your bye week, by the way? Oh, I um, filmed a little special TV thing on project I'm working on around our favorite things, food, travel, nice music. So I started working on that and um, that was it. <laughs> Just you, you relaxed a little bit. Yeah. Drank some good wine. Um, did, did some fun stuff. You know, speaking of, uh, you know, I mentioned in our last podcast that I was going to Phoenix for the Charles Schwab Cup championship that Phil Mickelson mm-hmm. won. And of course, Bernhard Langer um, wound up winning the Schwab, the Schwab Cup when Jim Furyk didn't make an eagle on the last hole. And I was thinking about our conversation about, you know, these athletes that because you played in the sport, I want to get your take on this a little bit, just how hard it is. Um, what Brady's doing is unprecedented. I mean, there have been there, you know, there's George Blanda. There's some guys that have played in there much later than any of their peers, but not at this level. And I was thinking about the Saturday at Phoenix Country Club last week. Bernard Langer, who turned 64 in August, had to get himself back in contention or tried to get himself back in contention. He shot a bogey-free 63. You know how hard it is to shoot under your age, especially when your age is 64. Yeah, yeah. Shoot 63. Um, he's never had really any serious injury, although he injured his back and almost withdrew on Thursday. Literally almost withdrew, um, gutted it out. And then he wins the Schwab Cup for an unprecedented sixth time. From an athlete's perspective, can you share with our audience just how hard it is to do what he's doing, what Brady's doing, to be able to play at a high level at such an advanced age? Well, a lot of it is luck. No, some of it is luck. A lot of it is being willing to sacrifice more than your compatriots, more than the people that you play with. So there's a level of, okay, I'm a professional. And then there's a level of, oh, I'm a good professional. And then there's another level of, hey, I'm one of the best. And then there's the best. And the people that are the best at what they do, they're willing to do more. And they're not satisfied with just being one of the best. They wanna go the extra mile. That is the Kobe Bryant mentality. That is the Bernard Langhart. That is the Tom Brady. Um, what's the other golfer? I forget his name. Uh, British golfer who, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Give me a little more. <laughs> older, always does push-ups. looks great all the time. Um, oh, Gary Player? No, not Player. Older than player. Um, why well, I keep saying Ben Hogan? Um, well, I think you're thinking of Gary Player. Because he's 86 now. Yes, yes, it is player. Yes, the Jack LaLanne of golf. Yes, Jack LaLanne of golf. Wears his pants up high. Yeah, so, so guys like that. And, you know, I talked about, you know, something in you has to die. Like that, that, that. 
willingness to go above and beyond the not accepting I'm tired, not accepting I can't make another putt, another free throw, another catch, another wind sprint. When everybody else, even the best in the business are doing great, you want to do something extra. And that's the difference, man. And it's not easy. It ain't for, listen, greatness is not for everybody, right? But being the greatest, there is another level of sacrifice and you enjoy the sacrifice. You're not miserable being great. You enjoy it because it just separates you above even the greatest. I want to get your thoughts on JPP in a second, but I want to let everybody know it's Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. Football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today, receive 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Believe, B L E A V, and you're going to receive your bonus. Not just football. Pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online, fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deal, deals for Thanksgiving. Again, the promo code believe, and you are all set. You're going to get 50% off your welcome bonus. B L E A V. All right. Um, final thing in wrapping it up Giants are going to see an old friend in JPP. I have to be honest with you, Carl. I mean, I, I hope he doesn't wreck the game on Monday night. He's been dealing with a bunch of injuries. He's fought through a lot of injuries, man. Um, and obviously what happened when he was with the Giants, I'm happy for JPP. I got to be honest with you. Um, if it wasn't for JPP, the Giants don't win Super Bowl 46. He was a monster. Um <clears throat> Look, he got into a contract situation. He had the unfortunate incident with 4th of July. I think this is one of those situations where a change in scenery was the best thing for him. It felt like it had kind of like soured with the Giants and with the organization and the contentiousness of the contract. And well, I'm, just, I'm happy for the dude. No, you can't be. You cannot be unhappy for Jason Pierre-Paul, number one, he's a genuinely a really good dude. Funny, um, easy to be around. Um, but what, aside from the contract, he had some injuries he was dealing with, obviously, uh, with his hand, and he was just really coming back from that. And the Giants took good care of that for him, made sure that he could resume his career. But I think, like you said, the change was of, of environment was good for him because number one, they weren't putting good quality football players around him. His level of leadership did not rise to that of a um, stray hand of a J, uh, Justin Tuck. So now he's a, he's almost an elder statesman as a young player. And then you had a, a locker room that was just not quite stable enough and not enough good players as him being one of the better players to, to, to kind of get things going in the right direction. And I think that that change for him couldn't have come uh, at a better time, even though 
a lot of people saw it as good riddance. He was a little upset about it early on, but you know, these things happen to, you know, they, they tend to take care of themselves. He settled in and he's having a hell of a, a hell of a career outside of the giants where he made his name. Yeah. It was a little toxic in that locker room. And I know he was, um, involved in some stuff in the locker room and, and hijinks hijinks yeah and stuff with eric flowers and and all that other stuff um and some of the other guys so i think i think it worked out for the best um he has certainly grown into a leader yep and that change of scenery certainly helped him i'm happy for him because i think you i think you hit the nail on the head when we were around him he's a genuinely fun loving guy that uh always kind of had a big hearted smile. Uh, he was a big, you know, like a big kid. Yeah. And I'll still remember his rookie season. You remember him running down on kickoffs? <laughs> yes. It was yes. even in 2011. Um, so I'm just, I'm happy for him. I'm not ha that happy for him that he wrecks the game on Monday night and Daniel Jones gets out of there in one piece, but I'm happy for him on a bigger scale that uh, everything's worked out for him pretty well exactly. and you know what he is he's a two-time super bowl champion that's right not many people can say that so carl you're feeling big things on monday aren't you i feel that it is a winnable game that they will win um there is a path to victory um i think they understand tampa they understand brady it really comes down to execution this offense has the weapons they've got to account for the players up front, because on the back end, they can expose Tampa. Now, I'm curious to see, too, when the Giants play in Florida, in Tampa, and in Miami, there have always been a huge amount of Giants fans because of the so many transplanted New Yorkers. In fact, when the Giants last played down there in 2019, when Matt Gay missed the game-winning field goal, there were more cheers that he missed than groans that he missed because of all the Giants fans or the playoff game in 2007. It was like a home game. Uh, now that Brady's there and the Bucks are the defending champs, I'm guessing that there are more, there'll be more Bucks fans in the building for the home game, but I just don't want to hear those cannons going off. It gives me a friggin' I know. All right, Carl, uh, that wraps it up. What do we, how do we end this thing? Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and tell a friend to get 50% welcome bonus. With Bet Online promo code Believe B L E A V fifty percent welcome bonus is coming your way for Thanksgiving. We'll be back next week, recap the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and get you set for Michael Strahan night and the Eagles coming to town. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, Carl Banks. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.